0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. White right today, tomorrow and Thursday. Matt at the moment, he's on some secret... Men's business for SEN. In fact, I believe he's busy writing a 10,000-word think piece on the Manly Sea Eagles for season 2023. Of course, Matty back on deck next week and nothing changes in his absence. Great to have you along this morning, SEN 1170am in Sydney. Our Queensland station's joining us in the next hour of the program. Now, the open line number, to have you all say, 1300-01-1170 and the text line, 457 736 uh, 736. Stacks to discuss, as always. Uh, joining me on the show today, Jaleesa Rapps from the 10 Network, Laurie Horish from ESPN to review that belter of a Super Bowl, uh, Simon Hill from the global game, and Brett Phillips from the first serve. So, uh, usual suspects. Weather in Sydney today, top to 25. Uh, cloudy, high 80% chance of showers becoming less likely late this afternoon and evening, but there is a chance of a thunderstorm during the morning and the afternoon. Look, I have a confession to make on the program today, off the top, oh, I, I'd i completely forgotten it was Valentine's Day. It's commercial nonsense. I only realised driving in, hearing Vossie and Brandy talking about it. So, uh, a belated happy Valentine's Day to my wife. She was asleep when I left anyway. And to all our lovely listeners, I hope you have a lovely day and you, know, you get spoilt and you have a nice dinner or whatever your plans are tonight. Maybe you've got big plans, maybe you're like me and you probably just sit on the couch and do uh, not much. As for those in the world of sport, For whom it's a big day, I'm thinking Valentine Holmes, former Wallabies scrum half Josh Valentine, former West Indies cricketer Alfie Valentine, Queensland Australian batter Martin Love, goalkeeper Joe Hart, and of course, England's best batter of the modern era, Joe Root. You know, in rugby league, we spend the good part of Mondays debating certain referee calls from the weekend. We so often hear this saying, you know, imagine if a grand final was decided on that call. And we're talking about this in the Super Bowl yesterday, uh, a line ball decision for holding with about just under two minutes remaining in the game. It was a tough call on the Philadelphia Eagles, ground, but the suggestion that a game comes down to one play is nonsense. Well done to Kansas City. This is a team that if they're down by 10, 20, it's like it doesn't phase them. They just find a way. Mahomes is a genius. He's won now, Patrick Mahomes, two Super Bowl rings, two Super Bowl MVPs in five years. Did you hear Travis Kelsey afterwards? No one gave us a chance. Well, hang on, you're top seeds. You've got the best quarterback going around already in all-time great. You've got a Hall of Fame coach. And, Travis, I don't know if you've seen footage yourself play but you're pretty good. Uh, I think a lot of people gave you a chance. A lot of people gave you a chance. But Patrick Mahomes on the path to greatness if he's not there already. Jalen Hurts, that was an MVP performance in a losing side. Really the only blot in his copybook was that, that fumble that led to a touchdown. So you talk about big moments of the game. Was it the holding call? You could argue that that changed the game. And I must say to my untrained eye, and there are a lot of people that know this game more intimately than I do, the Eagles looked the superior side for much of the game. They had the better of attacking possession. But in that second half, they just started to poop the bed, so to speak. And so, again, we have Australians that have played the big game but, unfortunately, ended up on the losing side. Uh, Jordan Malata and, of course, uh, the punter there for the Philly side in Sipos wasn't the best kick, was it? 37-yarder. And then Tony just belted 65-yard down the field. I feel sorry for the young man. Uh, Webby, did you read his column today? According to the NFL's ongoing study of 12 to 64-year-olds, 12 to 64-year-olds, there are 6.1 million NFL fans in Australia, of which 1.2 million are considered avid fans. About 53% of those aged under 34, with those in the under 25s bracket being the largest area of growth. They talk about the NFL game pass and how subscriptions are... Increased exponentially over the past four years or so. And as for the Super Bowl, well, total viewership last year in Australia was about 1.9 million, which was more than double the previous year. What about this in the States? More than 112.3 million watched last year's match, 22 million viewers in other countries. It is big stuff. It is big, big stuff. And so we always get a few naysays on the text line, oh, NFL, who cares? A lot of people care, and more and more people are caring, judging by those numbers. 0457 736 736. What did you make of the NRL trials? I know it's Tuesday, but of course, yeah, the Super Bowl. We didn't get to really discuss this yesterday. First time they were televised, of course. I'm not sure from what I saw, I didn't catch a lot of it, a lot of the action. I'm not sure any teams were thinking about the bonus points. You better get another offload here. The thing about trials look, they are a necessary evil. You can't mitigate against injuries, which sucks for the Storm, sucks for the Raiders. And the green machine confirms Xavier Savage is going to undergo surgery on a broken jaw. So it's a blow for the young fullback. Savage is expected to be ruled out for up to two months. It was a nasty face collision in this match against the Bulldogs. Uh, So he is earmarked at this stage a return in round seven. As for Melbourne Storm, their blockbusting centre, Justin Olam, also facing a bit of time on the sidelines after suffering a forearm fracture. And this was in the opening minutes of Melbourne's clash against the Roosters in Geelong. Isn't it weird to see Rugby League at Cardinia Park? doesn't look right to me. So Justin Olam will miss at least six weeks, according to the club. He's booked in for surgery this week. Uh, Reese Walsh, the Broncos fullback, uh, left the field clutching at his face after a head collision. This was in their game against the Titans. Uh, Seemed to be okay post-match, so he should be all sweet for round one. Look, it sucks. It sucks, but look, they all need to run at some stage. Probably better now that they get hurt than at the back end of the season. Have you been entertained by the Caelan Ponga explanation? I know Vossi and Brandy had a bit of fun with this on breakfast this morning. Insist though, Caelan, the Newcastle captain, he was sick that night out. He was sick feeling the effects of alcohol and food when he was captured leaving a toilet cubicle with teammate Kurt Mann last year. So he spoke to the media yesterday for the first time about the incident because people are saying, well, he's the captain of the club. How come Caelan is not speaking? And finally, they put him up. He was okay. There was an investigation. There's a lot of speculation about his commitment to the club, you know, concussion protocols. Why was he out on the drink and he shouldn't have been? And people are saying, well, hang on, a couple of footy plays disappearing into a toilet cubicle, and they were putting two and two together, and you know what answer they were coming up with. And he went on to say, you know, Ponger insisted that the incident had been an eye-opener about the impact of concussion. Only played 14 games for the Knights last year. After a series of head knocks brought his season to a to an end a premature round, but he said he was sick. And then he was pressed, well, why did Kurt Man accompany you to the toilet, Caleb? He said, I oh, was there to help. Food that I had earlier. Can't go back and change anything. So he was sick, bit of alcohol, bit of food. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm not sure. I I reckon if we ran a Twitter poll, do you believe that Caleb Ponga was sick? What do you reckon the results are Are gonna be 80-20. Don't believe. Well, as, as the great George Costanza once said in Seinfeld... Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> Look, it's a make-or-break year for the Knights, and particularly for coach Adam O'Brien, the captain, of course, playing at six this year. They've got Lockie Miller at fullback. Jackson Hastings is another off-season recruit. They've lost Dave Clemmer. Kurt Mann has to be locked. Kurt Mann has to be locked. And I'll tell you why. Do you remember... In the Broncos days, Tony Carroll, Tunza was playing 13. Of course, defended next to Darren Lockie in the line is playing 5'8. And they, they anointed Tony Carroll, Darren Lockie's bodyguard. Bodyguard. We're going to anoint Kurt Mann, he's wingman. And he's been channeling he's in a top gun. And this is Kurt Mann's mentality. This is Kurt Mann's mentality. Ah, right. We've got a mitt coming around on our tail. we got to get out of here. I can't leave ice. He's still coming around. He's still coming around. He's going to get behind us. I'm not. I'm Leaving my wingman. I'm not leaving my wingman. You're a beautiful man, Kurt Mann. Played for my Mighty Dragons, of course. So for that reason alone, he doesn't leave his wingman. If if Pong is playing 5-8, Kurt Mann plays lock, and he's his wingman forevermore. So logically, he's going to be Kayla's protector. 0457 736 736. In fact, why don't we discuss that on the program today? Forget about Valentine's Day. Who in the world of sport would be your wingman on a night out? Could be man, woman. Who would be your wingman on a night out? In fact, it doesn't even have to be sport. And by that, somebody that's got to be there for you, right? So if you're feeling a bit crook or somebody that would see the night through, they wouldn't just disappear. Because I've got mates who go out and go, where'd, where'd Mark go? You ring him, text him the next morning. Yeah, I was tired. as left. Didn't tell you. Just left you on your lonesome. So who'd be a great wingman in sport? 0457 736 736. And the open line 1300 01 on a night out would stick solid to the end. Now, the third test of the Border Gavaska series, that's been moved to Indoors, I-N-D-O-R-E, Indoors Holkar Stadium, with a venue at uh, Dharamsala deemed unfit now to host the occasion. This is a problem for the Australians. So there's an issue with the surface there, a lot of bare patches. It was relayed last year. They had a new drainage system installed. But they've had dreadful weather conditions, a lot of foggy conditions in the town, and it's at high altitude, 1,451 metres above sea level. So they hadn't had a lot of sunlight for the grass to grow. So the Himachal Pradesh Cricket Association Stadium has been stripped of the match due to the poor conditions of the outfield. As we said, several bare patches were laid. And the BCCI released a statement saying, owing to harsh winter conditions in the region, the outfield lacks sufficient grass density and will need some time to develop fully. It's a blow for the Australians because that venue was particularly suited to fast bowling. And we think Star could be ready for the second test, but we don't 100% know. We don't even know if Cam Green's going to be fit to bowl. So the fourth test of that 2017 series, that was held in es Sulla. Pace proved to have a greater influence. I mean, Umesh Yadavu bowled for the Indians that day. He was brilliant with a new ball in the second dig. And Steve Smith wrote in his autobiography, The Journey, he said it was the best of the lot because it gave some pace and bounce. So now Australia's strength being their quicks, well, that's been neutered by the fact that they're now relocating this test match. India, of course, can retain the Gavaskar trophy before teams even play the third test because they thumped us in Nagpur by an innings. H- have you had your post-mortem of that test match? Talk about embracing the chaos. Look, you've got to feel for fans who booked their ticket for Dharamsala. It's pretty short notice to move a test match. I mean, this was scheduled in, what, December. And they're giving every opportunity to play there, but it's, it's disappointing. And look, it, it's... Just on that first test at Narkbo, it is reasonable, entirely reasonable, to be critical of the Australian performance, the Australian preparation, and the Australian selection for the first test. Funny thing is that nothing sort of gets the passions going more, or the outrage going more than the performance of the cricket team. At any national team in Australia, that's the one that gets more people talking and outrage. Because it's sort of our team. And the biggest demons at play didn't reside in the pitch, but rather between the ears. The hosts managed 400 in the first innings. Ravi Jadeja, Arksha Patel, they were two left-handers. Not first-choice batsmen, but can bat. They looked right at home. It looked like a road when they were batting. But then cast your mind back to, to, to Marnus, to Smith, to Carey. All showed in the first innings that there were runs to be had. But then 177, never going to be enough, and it was always going to be an uphill battle from there, right? Always going to be an uphill battle. And it shifts the mindset of the bowlers because then when the Australians come out to the bowl, they got to think containment as well as wickets. And alternatively, India were able to bat with freedom and then when you're batting to get to 200 just to erase a deficit, well, you think about things differently as a batter. Most certainly you think about things differently as a bowler. Yeah, Ashwin and Jadeja are such intelligent cricketers, particularly in their conditions. I mean, there's a reason Ashwin's the second fastest to 400 tests, 450 test wickets behind Murali. As for the Australians are batting, caught in the crease far too much. It's not the pace or the place, rather, you want to second-guess your technique. Usman in that second that was an awful shot. Planted the front foot, wild swing outside off. He's got to be better than that. I'm a fan of Matt Renshaw. As you know, I'm a big fan of Matt Renshaw. He was highly disappointing. As for Warner, his talk now, you know, what do you do with David Warner? Is his time up? Warner's a funny one. You know, I've been a fierce defender of David Warner for most of his career. And I'm just talking about his batting out in the middle. And there's always a sense that, you know, the the Cavalier way in which he bats, you felt that even if he had a run alone scores, he was only one innings away. Been returned to form. I don't know if I still think that with him. Having said that, you know the cupboard's a bit bare at the moment. I'll give I'll give him one more crack. I'll give David Warner one more crack because the whole team failed. But they got a problem, the Australians, because Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins effectively said that they believed in their selections, that they made the right calls, they're happy with the preparation. So I'll throw this one at you, listeners. If Green and Stark come up short, what does Australia do? Do they pick the same team? you almost sense by what the coach said is that they probably would because they believe that they made the right calls in the first place. If Green doesn't play, if Stark is still injured, what does Australia do? Because if they then pick Travis Head, they put their hand up and say, you know what, we got it wrong after saying they didn't get it wrong. So they kind of painted themselves in a corner here and they may have to wear the egg on their face. But look, the Aussies, they're confident in their plans, that the batters batsmen individually need to back themselves. And they keep talking about sticking to the plan, sticking to the plan. Steve Smith said, you know, in 2017, the plan worked. 2004, when Gilchrist led them to victory, they said the plan worked. They stick to their plans. You keep hearing this term over and over again. And that doesn't just apply to a team. It applies to the individual. So if Alex Carey believes his reverse sweep has been working, if he believes that his go-to stroke to get off strike, then stick with it, Alex. Despite the fact you got out to it twice, there's no point rebuilding now. Oh, by the way, a touring team hasn't won in Delhi since 1987. So, second test starts Friday. Uh, Jared will be back on deck for that call. So, there you have it. And, and as for Alan Border's comments, look, I worship Alan Border for what he's done for Australian cricket. have the utmost admiration for the man. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this, this hard edge that we keep hearing about, this inner bastard, is the right way to go for 2023. Different times. I get that. You know, they're all mates now. They all play together in domestic leagues. and All the smiling and laughing. Do I love it? It doesn't particularly bother me. I'd probably want to see a bit less of it, particularly when you've just been thumped. But this was a side criticising the lead-up to Cape Town in the aftermath for being too hard-edged. And now they're criticised for not being hard-edged enough. So they can't win, the Australians. They can't win. It was a shocking match. Uh, bin it move on and back yourself. If you believe in your plans, well, then... Follow those plans through to the end. If it doesn't work, then you have a you know a post-series review. Oh, and just one more thing on this. As for those who suggest that, oh, this wouldn't have happened under Langer, please. Have you forgotten a Langer coach team lost to India at home, including the deciding test at Fortress Gabba? There's a lot of hysteria about this. And I saw this in the aftermath. Oh, they're too soft. If it was Langer, they wouldn't have lost the test in that manner. We don't know. It's purely speculative. Langer could have drummed anything into them, but I have a feeling by the end of his tenure, they weren't listening to him anyway. 0457 736 736. That is the text line number. Who would be a wingman? You know what? Alan Border would be a great wingman. And I love Alan Border. And i tell you why i would be a wonderful wingman. You think about that Ashes Test 82 MCG. He said to Tomo, he said, mate, just cheer. I'll stick with you. I'll back you. Steve Wall was like that. Great batting with the tail. They'll stick with you through to the end. And they'll trust you. Bat with the tail, trust the tail. Remember that? Border and Tomo. Set 292. They were nine for 218. They got within five. They knocked off half the 74 runs at the end of day four. And all of a sudden they go, we might have a chance here. Double snatch, both of them in the end, gets a wicket, done. So he'd be my wingman, Alan Border. And the reason I say he'd be my wingman is because I know he'd stick with me to the very end. And we're talking about that on the program today because Kurt Mann has proved to be a wonderful wingman. For the Newcastle captain Kalen Ponga, a couple of prizes, great prizes to give away in the program today. The double pass to see the Sydney Kings and Cairns Taipans tomorrow night, Kudos Bank Arena. That's going to be a belter. Uh, see the Sydney Kings take on Cairns Taipans in their home semi-final tomorrow. I get tickets now at Ticket Take. We, we Ticket Tech. We got another Signet Boost. We do. We got a whole. We got a couple of boxes of these. The time-honoured prize, not just on the morning show, but every program, and also up for to grabs today: best caller or text up, The Signet Boost Power Bank. Uh, value at 60 bucks. Keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. We're clearing the decks in the first half hour of the program. Julian King of the chair for Matty White taking your nomination today. Who would be your wingman? Who in sport would be your wingman? Stick with you through a night out. What changes you're making to the Australian cricket team and your thoughts on the NRL trials as well. 1300 0111 70 and the text line 0457 736 736.